Thank you again for being here. We're in a series called Home for Christmas, and there are few things in the world uh, more powerful than the word home, you know, than coming home. There's just few things that sort of elicit what that's like. Some of you uh, are thinking about going home for the holidays because you don't like 80 degree weather at Christmas time. And so you can't wait to get back to wherever you're from where it's snowing and, and snowman and all that kind of stuff. You don't have to rub it in on Instagram. Don't tell us about your white Christmas because it's going to be 65 here. <laughs> but so some of you like, I want to go home for Christmas and, and I'm excited about going home. Some of you, you can't wait to get back from going home for Christmas. You, just, you, you would rather be attacked by a violent armadillo than you would you sit in the car with all of your kids and drive 14 hours to your mama's house and people you don't even like. You know they're going to fight. You know somebody's going to cuss. Somebody's going to be drunk at Christmas. You don't even want to be around them folks, but it's Christmas. And some of you think about going home. It's a good feeling and some of you it's not a, a good feeling. I don't care how independent you are, how grown you are. Uh, there's just something about uh, uh, home. It either gives you the best feeling of going home or, or, or it gives you this, you know, a, a deep despair. Feeling. There, there are people in the room, honestly, that home is so dysfunctional or, or maybe it just, you know, being, being raised in the home that you were raised in, is just not, it's not a good thing. It's just not, it's not positive. And you, you know, you dread going home. But whatever it is, whichever those two extremes that it is, I do know this, that when you say home, everybody feels something about home. Everybody feels something about going home. Home's this wonderful idea, but because it sort of it sort of fills us with the pride of where we come from. It's interesting the language we use around home. It's interesting how we sort of talk about home in other parts of our life. We we talk about us, and and I, and I started thinking as we prepared this series, why is it that that word it, it elicits so much emotion for people, either good or bad? Either people that are like, man, I can't wait till we get off work. I get to go home. We get to drive home. You know, I get to go back to mom's house. We're going to sleep in, you know, the bedroom that I've always had. Or, you know, Brandy and I were talking about this the other day. It's hard. Maybe you grew up kind of like we did. You know, our, our families kind of moved a little bit when we were kids. And so it's kind of hard to pinpoint where home is. You know what I'm saying? You're like, man, I, I think I'm from there. But then I spent a couple of years there. And then I spent a couple of years there. And then, then I backslid and went over there for a couple of years. And then I came back here. And then we was over there and over there. It's just hard to know where home is. And, and, but I do know this, that everybody has a feeling deep down that says, I want, I want to go home, even if I don't know where home is. I, even, even I can't put my finger like on the map where home is. Brandy and I talk about our adopted homes. and There, there are several places that, that feel like home to us. Mississippi, we, when we got married way too young, we... Um, I just helped all the 18, 19-year-olds out there way too young. We got married, and we moved very quickly from our families, and, and we landed in Mississippi after a couple of years, and n neither of us sort of had any connection there at all, but, uh, but it became home. You know, it just it feels like home. When we go back, we just sort of take a deep... Southeast Louisiana, all my Louisiana people, where are you at? Come on, all the Cajun, but one of you, there, right there. I love, I love Southeast. It just feels like home when you go back, or, or maybe a place you visited. You know, we, we've traveled... Uh, uh, God's been good to us. We traveled to both coasts. And so when we, when we land, I never forget one time we landed in San Diego, beautiful, sunny beach. Close your eyes. Think with me right now. <laughs> San Diego. It was, and, and we would get off the plane. We didn't have kids. We act like we were somebody. We'd wear sunglasses on the plane and whatnot. And 
We would get off the plane and walk across the breezeway. If you've ever been to San Diego Airport, you walk across the, the and, and Brandy just inhaled. And she said, this feels like home. I said, baby, it ain't. I can't afford it. I'm preaching. Nobody pays preachers. We ain't never going to live in San Diego. But we, we have decided I'm going to write a bestseller and we're going to retire in San Diego. So y'all come, y'all come out there. Be with us. It just feels like home. Maybe you got that place. I just know this. Everybody kind of, I started thinking, what is it that sort of elicits? And, and the holidays, you know, Christmas is kind of the time you think about, like we even sing songs like, I'll be home for the holidays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or uh, There's no place like home for the holidays. I'll be home for Christmas. There's just something about sort of Christmas time that doesn't, this is wonderful idea. And then this is terrible idea. And it's, it feels like, you know, this is what I want. And then it doesn't. And I started asking God, God, why is it that everybody's searching for home? Why is that? Why, why did you put that inside of us? And I think I'm going to help you today. In just a couple of moments, I'm going to give somebody in the room an opportunity to come home today. Christmas is for coming home. It's for coming really sort of where you were created to be. Home is this amazing place because for better or worse, we kind of all get our shape there. We all get our identity there. We all get our name from there. We, we ask people, you know, when you meet somebody, guys are bad about this. We, the first, one of the first questions you ask is, hey, I'm Mitch. Hey, you're Chris. What do you do? What do you do? And then so we get through that. And for a couple of years, I was embarrassed to say I was a preacher. So I would say I was a motivational speaker. <laughs> I am not that. I'm just a preacher. I, I tried to be something else. And, 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 so, and, the, and the next question we ask, Chris, is where, where, where are you guys from? Where are you from? Well, I'm from here, and you know, I'm from Arkansas, and then Arkansas, Woopig Suey, any Arkansas, right? I'm from Arkansas, and then and North Carolina, and where are you from? And all the Texas people usually kind of bow up a little bit and be like, I'm from Texas, that's where I'm from, because it you just kind of get arrogant from, I don't know. Anyway, you just kind of, so you bow up about where are you from? Everybody likes to talk about where they're from. Home kind of gives you that place. It's this place where you feel like you, you can rest, you can kick your shoes off, you know, I don't have to do anything, I'm home. And I said, God, why is it? That everybody's looking for home. And I want to help you today with that. If you have your Bibles, we're going to look at Psalms 84. And this is sort of the first passage we'll look at. The Bible has a lot to say about home. But here's what Psalm said. The King David said, even the sparrow has found a home. Now let, let me help you with this. Sparrows in the ancient world were sort of the bottom of the food chain. You'll see sparrow often in the Bible. And it's because it's just the animal that, that you know they would refer to as like the smallest or the most insignificant thing you know, in, in, in creation, it was a sparrow. So, you know, you may say something like, you know, a, a mouse or an ant or, or a flea or I don't know, what, whatever your thing is, you know, just it's insignificant. And said, even the sparrow, this insignificant thing has found a home. And the swallow, this other bird, has a nest for herself where she puts her young. So the, 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 it requires safety. It says there's a home that this baby who's insignificant, listen, this little bird could put her babies in there and it's safe in there. It uses the word nest. It's like it kind of, it kind of, you know, envelops around you and it's safe in there. And then there's this interesting thing. It says that this sparrow and this, and this bird, this insignificant little bird, this, this swallow, they found a nest. Here's where it is. Close, a place near your altar, O Lord, my King. I said, God, that's interesting language. Are you telling me that heaven has bird's nests? I just need you to tell me for real. Like if in the throne room there are bird's nests. I don't think that is, but here's what I do want you to know. That even the most insignificant thing that the, that the psalmist David could write about. Just a, a bird that's just flying around. There's billions of them on the planet. God said, even there, they want to be home. There's just something inside of their little hearts. There's something inside of all of creation that's calling for home. That sort of brings us that idea that I, I just want to, I don't even know where it is, but I just want to, I want to go home and 
There, there was a survey a couple of years ago that asked people what was the favorite room in, in your home. Can, can anybody guess what the favorite room of everybody's was in your home? The kitchen. Everybody, everybody. It was a kitchen for dad. It was a kitchen for kids. It's my favorite room in the house. And we went to go buy a house. We, we looked for a kitchen that... Uh, had open concept. I like saying open concept because Chip Gaines says it all the time. So I just walk around saying, look at this open concept everywhere. Just <laughs> shiplap and open concept everywhere. And, and, and so we, we wanted something where we could see the kitchen and open, open concept. Because and, and, kitchen's so important to us. And they, everybody in the family except for mom. Do you know what mom's favorite room in the house? Honestly, goodness, this is a genuine survey. You know what mom's favorite room in the house was? The bathroom. Because it's the only place that she could be quiet. You know what I mean? Like she could lock the door. Any of you moms do that? You go in and lock the door and you're like, I don't care if y'all die out there. Like don't. It don't matter. I'll come out there and find your bloody body somewhere. Okay? I'm going to take 10 minutes in the bathroom. The other, the other day, Brandy, she's like, I don't, I don't care what you do with them. I'm going to go take a bath. I don't know how long it's going to be. I don't know if I'll come back from it. Okay? I just, <laughs> you're in charge. I just want you to know I'm, I'm resigning for a couple of hours. There's just something about, there's just something about home. There's just, it, it, when, when you're playing baseball, I tell you, there's so much language around. When you're playing baseball, you know, you, you're, you're, you're vulnerable when you're running to first base or, or you're vulnerable when you're running to second or to third, you can be out. But when you, when you get done with third base, where do you go? You don't go to fourth base. You go home. And when you get home, it's safe. It's safe. You don't have to run anymore. You, you, you don't have to keep going. You don't have to keep proving. You don't have to keep trying to make it. You've made it home. And when you make it home, what happens? The whole team comes out. At least this is what happens when I score the running touchdown. What is it? Home run in, in kickball. Y'all know I'm a sports kind of fella. In kickball, in church league kickball, when I, you know what I'm saying, Jose, when I get back and kind of, you know that form I got when I hit this right here, and that, and kick, and, and you run home, and, and the whole team comes out, and they're, ah, at least that's how I think it, it goes for athletes. When you go home, everybody throws a party, and everybody has a celebration because it's home. We have all kind of language around this. We call people a hometown boy, you know what I mean? You meet people, and they say, man, he's a hometown guy. He, he's, she's, she's a hometown Girl, it's, we just have this whole language about here. At work, they can fire you. But at home, they can't fire you. Some of you wish you could, but they can't fire, they can't fire you at home. What are they going to do? Like, Brandy, I mean, we, we had a family meeting. We can't vote mom out while she's in the bath. I mean, this is all we can do. I just had to manage the, the inmates. You know what I mean? I'm just having to... It's, it's like lockup. Have you ever watched lockup on MSNBC? That's what I feel like. I'm just like, I'm just managing somebody's got a shank. that Somebody's about to kill somebody. I'm just, you can't be voted out. You can't be fired. It's safe there. It's home. And, and I love the language we use around home. And I think that God put that in your heart. I think that God put that in our heart. I think it's more than just the, in baseball. I think it's more than just, than just hometown. I think it's more than just your kitchen. I think there's something inside your heart, inside my heart, that longs for more. It says, God, there's something in me. There's this, there's, I don't even know where this home is. I go back to Arkansas, it doesn't feel like home. I go to Mississippi, I go to mom's house, I go to dad, we, we go to grandparents' house, wherever. This week, we, even our house, I love it, but it just, there's something else in my heart that longs for home. 
Where's that thing? Where do I go? Robert Frost. I love Robert Frost. Probably my favorite poet. He wrote a poem one time called The Death of the Hired Man. And he said this, that home is the place where you go. When you go there, they have to take you in. Home is the place when you go there, they have to take you in. And in this poem, there's a husband and a wife. And the wife is sort of, she believes totally different than the husband. The husband says, you know, home is a place when you go, they have to take you in. And the wife, here's what she says. She says, I would rather say home is what you don't have to deserve. You don't have to deserve home. You don't have to earn home. In the poem, the husband would say, well, they have to take you there. You know, you just, it's home. You can't do anything about it. And the wife would say, no, 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 no. I think there's something different about home. I think there's some place when you go, you just realize, you don't, I don't even deserve, I don't have to deserve to be there. Home, listen, is a sanctuary. Listen close. Home is that picture of grace that God's put inside of every living soul. Home. It's that calling for something more. It's where does this come from, God? Where, where, where do we get that longing for another home? Here's where I think it comes from. Ecclesiastes, the wisest man who ever lived. He wrote this, that he has made, God has made everything beautiful in its time. Listen close. And he has also set eternity in the hearts of men. He set eternity in the hearts of men. This little phrase answers why it is you still feel homesick at Christmas. This little sentence answers why even when you get married, it doesn't satisfy completely. Even when everything seems to be okay, when you get a new job, when you got money, when, when, when you finally get kids, when you finally get out of the house and get on your own, when you finally get the corner office, when everything seems to be going well, this, this, little, this little sentence answers why you're still homesick. And I still want to go home. It's because the God of all creation said there's a time for everything and everything's beautiful. And I know that your life, you look back over your life this year. Maybe you're doing that the last Sunday of 2016. You're reviewing your life and you're saying, man, what a t-. I was talking to a member of our dream team before church and said, man, what a tough year. What, it's just busy. We just, we, you know, we, he opened up a new business and, and it was just traveling and just here and there. And this, there was always something going. And, and, and I said some, something similar about Brandy and I. We, we moved to Bernie a year ago. This, this month we bought a home and, and moved here. We didn't know anybody. And we started building our launch team. And I was traveling, preaching every weekend. And, and, and then we launched this church. And we just haven't had, you know, it's, and maybe you're looking back over your life. And you say, man, what a year. This has been crazy. But here's what, this, here's what he said. Put, put it back up, Ecclesiastes. He said that everything in your life is beautiful in its time. On the last Sunday of the year, I want you to look back over your year. I want you to know this. That there was a time. For everything in your life to be beautiful. I know it doesn't seem like that. I know you lost her and, and he walked out and, and this sickness came to your home and this thing was, you lost the business. You think, how is that beautiful? And God said, listen, I want you to know everything in time. You'll look back and go, man, that was a beautiful picture of God. How, how will I know that? He said, here's how. Because inside of your heart is the longing for home. And yet men can't fathom what God has done from beginning to end. He said, you look back over your year and you think, man, this seems right. I don't know about all this, but God, I still kind of long for something more. God, you've given me a good church. I come here on Sunday mornings and I'm just blown away at people that show up at 7 o'clock in the morning. People that come here on Friday nights and set all this up. And people that serve and give and you for coming to church and sitting in the elementary school. And I still, I'm just blown away that hundreds of people would call this church home already. We're only 13 weeks old. There are hundreds of people said yes and people. People will join the team and, and, and it's just, it's just beautiful. I can't, but I still can't fathom what God has planned. 
Why is it I still long for more? Because there's something in my heart. Listen, and there's something in your heart calling us home. There's still something more. And on the last Sunday of 2016 and sort of the last time we'll talk before Christmas Eve and we'll celebrate that together. I just want you to know inside of us is this internal search engine that's always searching for more. It's just always looking for more. And some of you have tried to fill it up with, with, with other stuff and relationships and, 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 and addictions and places and people and relationships. And this, is, this didn't work. That, she wasn't it. He wasn't it. That wasn't it. And so now you've come back to church. Some of you have come back for the first time in a very long time and said, maybe I'll try this. Maybe, maybe I'll give this a try. And there's something in you pulling you home. There's something you pulling you. The, the, the Bible in Hebrews would say that the founders of the fathers of faith, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, it said that they longed for a city who's had a has a foundation and whose builder and maker is God. It said there's something else out of there. There's something. Here's what I think the writer in Ecclesiastes is saying: that everybody wants to rest. Everybody just needs a break. Everybody needs a place they feel safe. Everybody needs a place that they just say, "This is what I'm. I'm here. I'm finally home." Everybody longs for home. And my brothers and my sisters, listen very closely. You and I will always be searching until we find that place in God that we finally come home. Nothing will ever satisfy like being at his altar. Why, why, God, would you have birds around the altar? Why would you have birds around the throne? He said, this is why. Because close to me is what feels most like home. I'm preaching good right now. Listen, close to me is what feels most like home. Some of us have, have, have spent our whole year, some of you spent your whole life trying to find that feeling of home. This finally feels like home. And my friends, it's just never going to happen until you get close to him. Because he said eternity in our hearts. And, 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 and I know that you want your marriage to feel safe. I know you want everything to feel. But the truth of the matter is some of us have been running away from home. Did you ever run away from home when you were a kid? Anybody? Just raise your hands. Your mama's not here. Yeah. I tried to run away one time. And I'll never forget it. I, I set my stuff outside the window. Of my bedroom, we lived in in North Carolina. I I, I had a God's pretty smart, you know, and I had a plan. So, I literally y'all gonna laugh. At, I don't know if my mama she listens to the podcast. I don't know if she knows this, but I had my brother outside bouncing the basketball. So she thought I was outside with him playing basketball, and I put my stuff outside the window. And then I jumped outside the window. She thought I was outside playing basketball, and I was gone. Y'all hear me? Gone. And I made it. To the bus stop, which was not, it was, it was just down the, it was just down the street a little ways. And I was crying, snotting already, you know, it was just, it was just, it was so dramatic. It was like a Hallmark movie already. And I, I never went, I never went any further than that. But some of, some of you have ran away from home a, a long time. And, and I don't just mean mom's house. I mean, some of you have been running from home for a while. The truth is, everybody here is a runaway. Isaiah says it like this. Everybody, we all, like sheep, have gone astray. Everybody's a runaway. Everybody, like sheep, have gone astray. Each one of us has turned to our own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Who's he talking about? He's talking about Jesus, that little baby we sang about. That Jesus, that God that came to us like a man that said, Listen, when you can't get to where I am, I'll come make a home where you are. And last week we said Emmanuel was God coming down to us. And this week I just want to ask you, would you meet him halfway home? 
there's just something about running away all of your life and always running from God and always I meet with people all the time just part of my business I, I, I sit down and I love it I love to hear your story and, and where you're from and, and at the end of the day most of the time brother Brett most of the time when I, you've been in ministry a while when I sit down with a couple here's what we land at it's probably not the fighting it's probably not money it's probably not mama it's probably not kids it's probably just you're running it's probably just you haven't fully said I'm ready to go home I just don't feel satisfied I'm not satisfied with her I'm not satisfied with him I don't like this house I know it's new but I want another one I don't like these shoes I want different shoes I want listen this is the sin of our generation I've told you that before materialism is the sin of my generation it's it's Instagram and Facebook and I gotta have more and I just why because I'm trying to fill that eternity spot in my heart for home. I'm trying to find that place where I go home. I'm trying to find that place where I feel safe. Where I can just wrap myself up. Where everything seems to be okay. And most of the time when I meet with people, it's just a, it's just a runaway. It's, I'm just meeting with more runaways who say, I need to get home. I need to get home. The Bible would tell a story about that. We're almost done. The Bible would tell a story about that. Jesus, as a matter of fact, tells this story about, about a person coming home. About, about a father and a son and... And, and Jesus sort of lays out this parable. We don't know if it really happened. We don't know if it's the truth or, or if it was a parable, a story that he kind of illustrated. I tend to believe it was true. There's too many details that kind of sound like this is, this is actually something that happened. But the Bible would say there was a son who, who, who grew up in a house and he just never felt satisfied. He just never, it was always something else. And at some point in his life, the younger son goes to his father who must have been very wealthy. And he said, Dad, give me everything that... That you owe me. I, I, I want my whole inheritance. And dad tries to talk him out of it. And surely not now. And this is not what you need. And, and, and he said no, no, no. You don't understand. I got to. And the Bible says he takes his whole inheritance. He takes this. this and, and he goes to a far away city. He runs away from home. He goes to this far, far city. And the Bible said he spent all of his money. He spent all that he had on. The King James says riotous living. I like to think he went to Vegas and just had the biggest time. Not going to Celine Dion concerts. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about having the time. You know what I'm saying? I mean just everything he's got. Just homeless. And, 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 just get, and, 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 and that day the best way Jesus could illustrate it is. He said he's laying in this slop with pigs. And he's eating what pigs eat. And at some point. I don't know what happens. But he sort of has this epiphany where he says. I can always go home. And so, and so he decides that maybe that's what I'll do. Maybe I'll go home. Maybe I'll just, maybe I'll just be there and listen. He, he, he decides to tell himself, this is what the enemy would tell you. Listen, while I'm finishing up today, the enemy's already telling your heart, you're not good enough to go home. You, you got to work too hard. You got to get cleaned up. You can't go home today. Look at the stuff you do. Look at what you're involved in. Look at all the stuff you've done. Look at all the money you've spent. Look at all the time you've wasted. Look at all the stuff you're addicted to. Look at all the stuff I know about you. And the son says, Listen, I know I can't be his son anymore. Maybe he'll just take me back as a servant. Listen, he said, maybe I can just pay as I go. Maybe I can just pay as I go. I don't need to be on the... It's just like buying straight talk wireless. You know what I'm talking about? Maybe I can just buy, I can just buy a little bit. I can, just, I can earn my way and listen to me. Listen close. Every eye on me. Listen close. That's what religion will tell you. You can just buy your way in. You can earn your way in. You just got to get cleaned up and then you can come. You just got to get everything right. Religion will tell you. You got to get everything. You, you don't really deserve to be here. So you just got to come in real low and say, I don't, I don't deserve this. And, and just maybe I can earn it. Maybe I can just work here. And the son tells the father, 
Maybe I can just work here. Here's the, the part of the story I absolutely love. The Bible said he starts making his way back home. And when he is a far way off, I don't know how long the distance is. I don't know how far away he is. But the Bible says when he's a far way off, the father starts squinting his eyes and says, that looks like somebody I know. I know a boy that used to walk like that. That looks like somebody. That looks like my boy. And I don't know about you. Here's what I think happened. I think the father ran every single time he he saw somebody coming. I think he ran. Just, just maybe it's him today. Maybe it's him today. Maybe it's him today. And that day it was him. The Bible says he put his arms around him. And he put his head on his chest. And he kissed him. And he told the whole family. Listen. My son's come home. And my prayer for you this Christmas. The God of all creation would come to us. So that you would come to him. That he left his home so you could be a part of that home. Jesus said to the disciples, I go to prepare a place for you. And if it were not so, I would have told you. He said, I want a place, listen, that where I am, you can also be. I have a preacher friend who, who, who used to say this, somebody has to go to hell. And it was kind of a funny thing that, you know, well, somebody's going to go to hell anyway. Somebody's got to go to hell. Listen, it's not God's will that anybody goes to hell. Nobody. It's not God's will. The God of all creation, that's the Christmas story that he came home to bring us home. It's God's will for you to come home. Maybe, maybe this will convince you. Take a look at the screen. I saw the look in his eyes, he was searching for a prize, worthy of his strength, worthy of his life. In a world full of shiny things, hope that he'd see his name burning bright up high in the city night. And that's when he came to me, Father won't you give me what is due to me? I gotta go now, time for me to get out of this small town, time for me to live my life, my way, my dreams, it's my right. I know that I gotta dance with the city and own the night. Gotta find someone pretty and toast the wine. Gotta live for the moment, gotta get what's mine. I gotta live for the moment, I gotta shine. I stood right beside him, watched him pack his things. Watched him walk out the door with his hopes and dreams. I pray my best prayer for him every night I sleep. I pray my best prayer for him, yet my soul it weeps. Day after day and week after week, I can still hear his laugh and I can still hear him speak. I remember the day that I had a son. I remember our joy and I remember our fun. Weeks turn to months and months turn to years. The hope of my thoughts now consider the fear. Wonder if he's doing well. Maybe he's found a girl. Maybe he got stuck in jail. Maybe he's been shot and killed. I don't know, but I'd give all that I own just to hold my son again. The tears and the blood that I spent, the nails in my hands and my wrists, to cover the sin and the pain that you're in, to give you my peace that you might love to repent. I place a kiss on his cheek and a crown on his head just to know that my son's not dead. And if you spend all your gold and you're lost in your cold, just come home. 
just come home. Come home. Just come home. So with your head bowed and your eyes closed, that's my invitation. With nobody moving for the next 60 seconds. For the last 13 weeks, I've I've tried to preach you up full of life. 2017, we're gonna preach more miracles in life than we've ever. I'm so full of faith. God's going to take us. What God's going to, he's going to save your kids. He's going to heal your body. He's going to heal your marriage. Literally thousands of people are going to hear about this church because of what God does in this house. But in 13 weeks, I've never asked as hard as I'm asking now for somebody to come home. I'm reaching for a man who feels like done too much, it's too far, it's too I just can't, too cold what you feel outside is nothing in comparison to what you feel inside, it's just cold come home I'm I'm reaching for, for a lady who grew up in a religion who told you you had to earn it, you had to do it you had to clean up, you had to take that off, put this on get it all together, get it cleaned up make it right come home Come on, it's Christmas time. You can always come home at Christmas. You can always find safety here. I don't know where you were raised, what kind of church you grew up in. But let me tell you about this church. This is a safe church. When you finally round third base, everybody's waiting. You know why we celebrate at the end? It's because people come home. The Bible says that all of heaven rejoices over one sinner who repents just comes home. Just one sinner. You're telling me today there are billions of people in the underground church and in the Middle East and in Syria today. They're, they're believers who are meeting in secrecy and quietness coming home. And every time a little baby just says Jesus, every time a 25-year-old man, every time a 60-year-old grown man, granddad says I think I'll come home today. All of heaven stops and rejoices. The, the, the rabbis would tell you, they literally, listen, they literally stop worshiping Jesus. He turns their attention to a sinner who comes home. That's why we'll always celebrate people who repent of their sins. We'll always clap and scream and cheer about people who get water baptized. We'll always, we'll always, always, always. And today, the last Sunday of the year, I could not let you leave without coming home this Christmas. So now, as, as honest as you can be, as sincere as you can be, inside your gut, you know I'm a runaway. Maybe you're not a runaway. Maybe you're still coming to church. Maybe you haven't run physically away, but your heart's run away. It's run away. It's been gone. It's run away. It's cold. It's far from Him. I'm asking you to come home today. Maybe you're just back in church for the first time in a long time. Maybe you're on the team. Come on, I'm reaching for dream team today. It's time to commit. It's time to come home. Come on, 2017, we got to storm hell. Come on, we got to rescue people. Come on, we got to give people life and hope and you got to come home you got to come home you got to come home
So if that's you, nobody's looking around. Nobody, nobody on the stage. Nobody, no, no, no team member. Nobody moving. Would you just raise your hand and say, I got to come home today. Today's my day. Today's my day. Today's my day. Today's my day. I see you. I see you. No, no, nobody else sees you. I see you. I got to come home. Today's the day I get committed. Today's the day I decide yes. Today's the day I decide. Everybody's standing and stay in this posture of prayer. Everybody's going to stand right now. And I want you to take somebody by the hand. and We're going to sing another worship song in a moment. Our prayer team's coming to the front. Matter of fact, I want our prayer team to meet me at the front real quick. If you want to end this year with somebody praying for you, I would encourage you. If you want somebody to just agree together with you. The people on our prayer team are people of faith. People who, who believe God for anything. Come on, spread out this way, Max. Come, come to this side. I, I want to pray for you today. I want you to end this year believing God can do something in your life. Your eyes are still closed. If you raised your hand a moment ago, I want you to pray something that sounds like this. Everybody's praying. Everybody's talking to God. Everybody's coming home today in your own heart. I want you to say something with sincerity that says, Jesus, I'm ready to come home. I'm tired of running. I'm tired of running away from, from, from heartache. I'm trying to run from this relationship to that one, from this marriage to that one, from this church to that one. I'm tired of running from this addiction to that chemical to that thing. God, I'm tired of running. I'm tired of running. I'm ready to come home. I just want to be home. I want to be where it's safe. I want to be where I can wrap my arms, where everybody celebrates me. When I, when I walk in, they just say, man, we're so glad you're home. We're so glad you're home. You don't have to get cleaned up to come home. You can smell like you smelled in Vegas. You don't have to clean up. No, son, I've been, I've been running out here every day. Every time somebody delivers something, I run out there to see if it's you. Every time somebody comes to the house, I run. I run to meet them to see if it's you. I was waiting on you to come home today. So, Jesus, I give you my heart. Jesus, I give you my heart. Jesus, I repent of my sins. Come on, you got to make that declaration deep down in your heart. Not just with your mouth, not just with your head. It's got to get in your heart. I repent of my sins. I give you my whole heart. God, I surrender everything to you. God, I give you everything. I'm not going to be perfect. It's, I, I'm, I'm not going to get it all right right now, but I'm ready to come home. I'm ready to move back in the house. If you'll take me back, I'm just ready to come home. You don't have to be a servant. No, no, no. You can be a son. You can be a daughter still. You don't have to earn this. You don't have to get cleaned up. No, no, no. You're still a son. You're still a daughter. You didn't lose relationship just because you ran away. No, no, no. You can always come home today. So I give you my heart. Every hand raised in the building, I give you my heart. I give you my life today. Come on, every hand as high as you can reach it. I give you everything. God, this Christmas season, I thank you that you sent Jesus. Thank God for Jesus. Thank God for Jesus that came to save me. Thank God that He came robed in flesh like me. Put on a flesh suit just like me. Lived like me. Was tempted like me. He came as a baby, but He died for me. He took what was owed me, death and eternal death. and He put all of that on Himself on the cross. I received that. I'm grateful for that. I'm thankful for that. I, I, I accept that. I, I cling to that. Come on, like the old song says, I, I cling to that old rugged cross that he that he bled and died for me and I 2017's not going to be a perfect year but I'm 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 coming home 2017's not everything's not going to be right but I'm coming home I'm making my way home I'm getting committed I'm joining the team I'm putting down roots I'm getting planted in the house come on baby we're going home come on our family's coming home this christmas come on we're going home together our kids are going to come home we're going to finally come home that thing in my heart I've been searching for is home And I come home today in Jesus' name.